Courtside Club is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Who's one person dead or alive that you would love to sit courtside with? George Washington. Could you imagine him sitting courtside at a basketball game? <laughs> it would be so confusing. What's up, you guys? I'm Rachel Demita, and welcome to the Courtside Club. Today, I am so excited because I'm joined by social media star, entrepreneur, and host of the Buster Show, Buster Share. Welcome to the Courtside Club. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. We're here in New York. Finally got to meet you in person. That's right. Yeah, we did a Zoom podcast <laughs> right? a long time ago. I feel yeah. like your your show, The Buster Show, is a sports show. Yeah, definitely predominantly sports. Yeah, except for my episode. Yeah, there are a few here and there. That was one <laughs> of them. Talked we talked about, about cats. We talked about cats. Cats you never and animals. Know, you never know where the conversation's going to go, but it's always going to be uh, organic. Yeah. I do want to get our courtside audience familiar with you because I wasn't familiar with you. And then um, Jay Gill from the NBA mm-hmm. told me about your show. We connected. I came on, learned more about your story, and I was like, this is really dope. And you're also so young to be doing all that you're doing. So you've been in this world like 10 years. Which is crazy. Now. Yeah. But you're 21. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. how, how does this start? How did the Buster show start? What were you doing at 11 that got you to where you are now? Yeah. So it was first a basketball media company that turned into Hoops Nation, which is now basically autonomous. I, I have a team that runs it day to day and I jump in here and there for little things, yeah. but uh, that started on Facebook and then gave me somewhat of a platform to just start experimenting and testing and hosting live streams and doing radio broadcasts, which my high school at the time also had. So I was broadcasting, you know, field hockey, lacrosse, basketball, boys and girls, uh, football, rugby, soccer, basically everything. Um, and the combination of having this Hoops Nation platform that I built up a little bit. And then yeah. when I was 17, won best in the country for play-by-play broadcasting, whatever the hell that award means under 18, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, gave me a little bit of credibility to start doing stuff with, you know, professional sports leagues and things like that, you know, before I turned 18 and get certain internships that allowed me to, you know, just uh, yeah. network and start to understand how companies in the space work so I could make Hoops Nation more legitimate and, uh, you know, how I wanted to take my personal brand. And the goal was always to angel invest and use my brand. Stop. How is push. your goal always angel invest when you're not even a teenager yet? How is that something that you even knew about? I, I've i learned about that in my like late 20s. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So when, when I was like 15 or 16, I would go to these VC events um, because I, I would sit in on Columbia classes, Columbia graduate classes. My uncle had a friend who okay. was a teacher who would allow me to sit in on certain classes. That's how I met uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and then ended up interning at VaynerMedia when I was 16. And, um, uh, you know, this uh, venture capitalist who taught this Columbia graduate class let me sit yeah. in and then invited me to all of their events. So at, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, I was going into the city from, I lived in Connecticut at the time, uh, to just talk to these VC folks and hedge fund oh, managers and just learn as much as I possibly yeah. could. And it always just sounded fun. You know, it's like, it's like, <laughs> 
betting on your friends, except the upside is like a thousand times higher than sports betting. Yeah. And that, you know, you're going to learn something regardless, whereas that's not necessarily the case in other endeavors. When did you first, because to do all the things that you're talking about, income has to be coming in. Did you start making money? I mean, most people in high school, they work at like Dairy Queen or like Abercrombie and Fitch like me, you know, <laughs> uh, it's like, that's like a great job to have. That's great. Yeah. So, but you're starting your own media company. When did that become a, an actual thing? That you're like, oh, I'm like working now. I don't think it has even yet in the sense that I've always did it for fun. And then I started making money, but I started just spending that money on related things all in the same space. And, yeah. it, you know, it was always about reinvesting and investing in the people around me and in the companies that I believed in. And, you know, that's always been how it is. <laughs> I, I do. I literally do everything that I love. And now in, in the yeah. collectible space and for the last three years since the beginning of COVID, my main focus you know, it's, it hasn't changed at all. That is, you know, I do what I like. And I encourage everybody to try to figure that out as, you know, today, if, if not yesterday, today, you know, if not today, tomorrow, Yeah. because, you know, you, there are infinite ways to build a life around your passions in 2022. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot more accessibility to learning how to do those things as well. Obviously you met Gary V at a young age, which I feel like was it's probably like a big step for you. Yeah. Because he's one of the big players in, in the space that you're talking about, and especially with in- investing and collecting, and, and now sure. you're getting into crypto and NFTs and all of that kind of stuff yeah. as well. Um, who else has been like a mentor to you? You know, it's uh, a guy named Edward Zimmerman, who's a, a, a venture capitalist and lawyer. Um, you know, and then, and then, you know, a lot of friends. Like, I, I think, you know, the term mentor is funny to me because. You know, it's it makes it sound like it's such a structured relationship. Yeah. Whereas I think the best relationships are symbiotic ones where each party is learning something. So, you know, most of my friends are over 40. Um, and that's that's because <laughs> that's there's some symbiosis there where right. I want to learn from yeah. their experience and they want to learn, you know, all these random things that I you know have specific knowledge about. So, you know, I think those are like the best mentor relationships where it's you know it's both ways yeah yeah because everybody has something that you can learn from for sure i always say that Shaq is one of my mentors and again it's not some like structured thing but every time i see him and you know see him often at events and we work together so much but he always gives me such great advice and i remember there was even a time in my life that i was going through some stuff personally that he took time out of his day to take me aside and almost like give me a pep talk. And in that moment, I needed that more than anything, That's awesome. you know, business wise or that kind of advice that he could have given me. So I get what you're saying because if people ask me like mentor, I'm like, I don't have it in place. You know, some people say, Oh, I worked under this person and they, you know, I read their book and they gave me the blueprint of what to do, <laughs> but you're kind of pulling from all these different people. It's funny that you say that you're friends with 40 year olds though, because I feel like, a lot of people that are older in this industry probably look to you of like, what's cool? You know, what's going to happen? Because the the young people on TikTok and on social, they're predicting what the next trend is going to be and what's going to kind of happen in this landscape. Do you feel like you're in the know in that as well? Just I for mean, the pure sake that you are younger? By default, the next generation <laughs> is the you know right. generation that will 
be that in 20 years. So just by virtue of age, sure. But like, I don't, you know, I like I collect George Washington and Abraham Lincoln documents. Like I don't consider myself, you know, (laughs) the coolest or like, you know, that type of, you know, TikTok personality, you know, but by default of age, I can understand why somebody would think that. Yeah. Yeah. So getting back to the Buster show, you've had some incredible guests. How do you go about reaching out to these people and they agree to come on your show? I mean, you, how many episodes do you have now? It's been going for a little while. 130, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get to the point where you're having Jerry West and Tracy McGrady and all of these guys? Yeah. It's always super organic. You know, I, I don't try to force anything ever that I'm want anybody to do anything that they don't want to do. So it just comes up in conversation. Tracy had his OBL league and was going on appearances. Somebody whom I consider a mentor through symbiotic relationship, um, you know, was doing the PR for the league. And they said, you know, Tracy, you got to go on Buster's show. He was like, great. And we did it. It was like, cool. (laughs) Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, somebody like Jerry, another friend who I'm in the collecting world with, we go to shows together. He's been doing representing Jerry on like the, the autograph signing side for oh, cool. forever and a ton of guys. So, you know, he was just like, Jerry, you got to go on bus show. I don't ask for anybody ever. And I don't, I don't really want to either. I don't, you know, no, I feel the same way. You don't want somebody sitting down who doesn't want to be there. Yeah, it's going to be so awkward. Yeah. yeah You'd rather have, I'd rather have somebody that I just met on the sidewalk who's like, yeah, that's really cool. And they'll be excited to sit down than like forcing yeah. somebody pulling teeth. And it's all, to get it's all to about to timing you. too. Like yeah. one person can be awesome one day and like the worst person ever on another day. You got to catch them right. And I think doing it organically pretty much ensures that it's the right time for them in their life. So you have the Buster show, but I know that you were doing a lot in high school, play-by-play, color commentary. Do you see yourself wanting to do that more in the NBA space? Definitely for fun. Definitely for fun. Yeah. You know, on the career side, the goal is to pretty much just be investing and do what I feel is valuable to others and myself on a day-to-day basis. Um, but broadcasting, doing play by play is something I love. You know, I do it for the crew league now, which is a lot of fun rappers and their crews playing basketball. We're doing coming up on season four. So that's been a lot of fun. And yeah, eventually doing NBA games, that would be great. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Have you done some stuff with the NBA mm-hmm. for their games? Yeah, not on TV though. Okay. That, that is a frontier yet to be had, but was it Twitch? Or was uh, it? Yeah, it was like some Twitch or okay. NBA League pass, some yeah, yeah, yeah. some like side stream <laughs> that nobody watched. Yeah. So what's funny is years ago when they were developing this idea, I was their test dummy. Oh, really? And I did so many games. That's yeah. so fun. So even did the NBA finals. It was, I think it was Cleveland and the Warriors, like when LeBron was Great still finals. there. Yeah. Yeah. So 2016 that one yeah (laughs) so i was there doing that and then it's funny because i haven't done any of the one they're actually doing them so i was just the test dummy in the beginning (laughs) well that's fun (laughs) yeah yeah definitely more opportunities though (laughs) so the crew league yeah how did that come about they had reached out to me uh this guy jordan stern and eli maroon and they had reached out and pitched me on this concept of uh, rappers, their crews <laughs> playing basketball four on four for quarter million dollars one weekend on a set in LA. 
And I thought they were crazy because yeah. the idea of getting, you know, 10 plus artists, especially rappers in the same place at the same time with their crews, forget about it. Right. And, you know, there are some jokes in season one, like there was COVID testing, but no, uh, no security. <laughs> oh my God. So, right. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was funny, but you know, to see the progression from season one, them actually making it work and also their ability to pick stars. So they, you know, had Jack Harlow on when he had, you know, less than a million followers in one semi hit song. Uh, they had Kid Leroy on when he had oh, cool. a couple hundred thousand followers. They had, you know, Drewski, who was a much smaller social comedian at the time, they were at 24K gold and they were able to pick talent incredibly well over the course of the seasons. But pick talent for basketball purposes. Well, entertainment purposes. You right. know, it, it's a reality show uh, yeah. that's, you know, sort of disguised as like a real league. Um, but yeah, entertainment purposes, not <laughs> as much a basketball skill. <laughs> who do you think has the best skills? In all of crew league history, mm -hmm. Chris Brown. Okay. Chris Brown is good at everything he does. Yeah. Like this I heard true. that before and then I saw it in him and he's good at everything. I don't understand it. That's actually a really good segue into halftime. Okay. So on the courtside club, we like to take a halftime break and we do some sort of game. Today's is really fun. So I have your starting five. I have some topics for you mm -hmm. or some categories i should say and you get to pick the starting five for each okay cool yeah let's do okay. it so let's start it off with your starting five podcast guests podcast guests that i've had on mm -hmm. um obviously your number one then uh tracy mcgrady <laughs> jerry west uh harrison durand who's a good friend and paleontologist um, oh, cool. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, who else did I put in the top five? Uh, my friend Farouk, who's been on more than anybody else. He's been on four or five times. Amazing. He's, he's the best. <laughs> Love him. Uh, Darren Revelle is one of my best friends as well. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So you have him. You have Jerry West. You have me. Yeah. Chase McGrady. Wait, you have six. Well, I guess we're just going to have to make cut. room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming off the bench six, in this group. Six women. <laughs> okay. All right. Starting five social media stars who you think is, is killing it right now. Logan Paul's got to be one. Uh, in, this is in order and just a Just your starting, starting five. Lineup. I mean, you could give them positions if you wanted to take it there, but... No, I won't take it there. Okay. Logan's there. Mr. Beast is there, obviously. Um, I'm going to like broaden it out. I'll put Joe Rogan in there. Okay. I'll put the Nelk boys in there. I'll group them into like one person. Yeah. Uh, I'll put Jake Paul in there too. Okay. Yeah. So both Paul brothers, you're not, you're not lumping them together. They are so different. No, I'm, I'm not lumping them together. Yeah. Okay. And I do work with Logan. I don't do work with Jake. So they're definitely, yeah. Cool. Jake's crushing it though. Like yeah. We were both going to be at the fight, but it got canceled. That's right. So yeah. Anyway, next time. Okay, starting five NBA players of all time. Of all time? Oh. In no specific order by position, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Will Chamberlain, Shaq. I'll take it. That's an that's an interesting mix, though. You normally don't have Will and Shaq in the same starting yeah, LeBron five. LeBron can run point. I mean, Will and Shaq are the most 
dominant players in their eras, respectively. And Jordan's the greatest of all time. And then Kobe and LeBron fall somewhere in there. <laughs> LeBron can run the point. Kobe would be shooting guard. Or maybe Michael would run point. LeBron would be small forward. And then you'd have Shaq as a power forward. Well, this is okay. That would be a great team. I would bet on that team. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good team. Why do you take Jordan over LeBron? I think it's a combination of impact on the sport, final success, success in a shorter time period. If he had played longer, if he hadn't left the sport, he would have won eight straight. If they brought them back after 98, they would have won nine straight. Yeah. And th these are things that I think are blatantly obvious. He also retired you younger than came like back. Could have. No, it you know would have I mean? happened. I mean, he won every year <laughs> okay. he played seriously in the '90s. Because most younger people have just, and myself included, I'm like 10 years older than you, but I watched LeBron far more than I've watched Sam, Sam Michael Jordan. Yeah. But and I've talked about it on another show. There was this kind of mystery about. Jordan and this kind of mystique to him that LeBron maybe doesn't have. And I don't fault LeBron. I don't think it's anything against LeBron either. It's just like they are so different in the way that the age that LeBron is playing in and with social media and with all these other things and with the way that the NBA is, the amount of teams that he has been on just is different. You know what I mean? When you talk about Jordan and Kobe. So also the yeah. mystique around MJ is incredible. It's crazy. You know, he doesn't yeah. go anywhere. He doesn't do anything. Right. He is not on social media. Like right. people, whenever he steps outside, it's news. Right. That's not the case with any other athlete that I can think of in the world. <laughs> yeah. So I think that says something. Whenever he does anything, it turns into a meme. <laughs> well, there's a reason why, <laughs> right? Like, people want to see the it. roof is the ceiling. Oh. Yeah, that was funny. That UMC. was so good. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's like the crying <laughs> meme and then there's this that. The ceiling but is the roof. Yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was funny. <laughs> anyway, um, but no, I was just wondering from your perspective because you know, I think a lot of a lot of the opinion change in the last two years has to do with the Last Dance, which, in my opinion, was the most impactful sports documentary ever because it came at a time where there was no sports during COVID, and it was and they pushed up the release. It was just MJ. And the documentary was amazing. So, it was so good. Yeah. It also just, there were so many storylines that even just stemmed from that because there were all these guys who were in the documentary saying, well, you didn't get this perspective or this actually happened or I got a bad edit. You know, yeah, that's what happens when name names, the EP. But, right? Yeah. <laughs> Producer makes a decision. When he opens the, the uh, iPad and he's just laughing. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, um, moving on, our next starting five celebrity basketball players this could be rappers or yeah most of the ones that come to mind are are they happen to be rappers uh j cole who has played you know overseas a bit mm -hmm. check west who's played overseas so i'd put them both in there wait a second didn't check west have like a terrible performance in one of his recent celebrity games he might have but that i was... played with him and he was good okay i think i saw something that he was, was fast Lil Durk is also okay. surprisingly good at basketball, too. Um, but Chris Brown and Ellie Chop was also great. Hey, yeah, wait, so we're naming off a lot of names of starting five. Uh, so I'd, I'd put those five. Sheck, J. Cole, uh, Chris Brown, and Ellie. Uh, who else did I name? Oh, Lil Durk. 
I'll take it. I didn't make this starting five either. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, starting five podcasts. There aren't that many good ones. There aren't that many. Out of, <laughs> I'm going to struggle to find five. But I'd put Rogan in there. I'd put uh, okay. Andrew Schultz in there. I'd put the Nelk guys in there. I'd put Impulsive in there. Wilson. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any more that I can think of. Oh my god! It's like we're throwing you lobs. And you're just, oh, I'll put you in there. I mean, courts I club. No, you can put the Buster Show in there. I can't put a little bit of both. Okay, I'll, I'll slide both them in. Okay, yeah, sounds good. All right, time for the second half. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people, we're brought to you by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. See, it's not just about the daily promos, odd boosts, or the hundreds of ways to wager. It's about the immortal words of Caesar himself. You bet you get with Caesars Rewards. Every bet you place on the app, no matter the outcome, earns towards exclusive perks at Caesars Rewards destinations everywhere. Hotel stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. Download the Caesars Sportsbook app, become a Caesars Rewards member today, and get more with every wager. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. of athletes on social media are there any athletes that you follow that you think do a really good job it's funny because so much of social like when you look at who the most followed athletes are it's all the best athletes it's not like somebody is outstandingly talented at content creating it's not like uh messi ronaldo lebron and some you know indian cricket players are the best content creators they just have the most fans of their sport and they're the best you know so i think there's this uh, a general you know misconception for like the top percent of athletes and celebrities on social it's very little how good your content is and very much you know how everything else is but is there anybody who you're like they do a good job does a good job cuz i feel like okay an example that's not sports like little nas yeah, he's great. He's, is yeah, he's hilarious great. and that's somebody who is like he's not doing music at all on his socials or at least mm. not on tiktok yeah, it's a lot of memes yeah it's yeah. it's funny right? he's funny so he's a unique guy though he's he's got a lot going for him <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> but then you have someone like a, a draymond green right yeah. who has, has his podcast has yeah. his podcast and then he takes those clips and obviously draymond's just a very opinionated mm-hmm. person <laughs> yeah. so whatever he puts out is just going to be passionate and whatever so i was just wondering if there are any others who yeah. kind of fit into those. You know, I think the guys that I'm most impressed by are the ones who retired and then built this second career for themselves, like Kendrick yeah. Perkins, JJ Reddick, guys like that. I've been really impressed, and that's been awesome to see. Shaq yeah. is one of them as well. Shaq's best. I feel Shaq's, like- you know, on the face of every ad in North America. So is it him or is it Snoop Dogg? We've had that debate on the show before as um, well. Who's on more? Who's just ads? like the top, basically like marketing themselves. Being marketable. And yeah, yeah, because Snoop said that the only person that's higher than him is Shaq. And like that's what he's going for. I'd agree. I think the, you know, if I were to really break it down in my head why that is, I think because Shaq is, 
and this might change with the legalization of weed, but <laughs> Shaq is has been more clean over the last more, couple like, decades. Friendly. Right. Yeah. So I think that's why Shaq would be a notch above. But in my eyes, it's Snoop and you know, they're they're equal. Yeah. yeah. What are you most looking forward to with the NBA season coming up? Is there any teams, any players that you're watching? That's more like yeah. on the court, not on their social I'm, media. You know, I'm a big Knicks fan. Um, so you know, there we'll see what happens by the time people are watching this. If you know the Knicks have an additional uh, All Star player or not, but yeah, um, yeah you know, I, I like the young Knicks guys. Quentin Grimes look great. Emmanuel quickly look great. RJ always looks great. You know, I buy and own a lot of sports memorabilia and basketball cards. So, uh, you know, the prospects that I've, you know, invested in, you know, there are certain guys whom I'll be watching very closely. Um, yeah, those those are the things that I look for. So talk about that a little bit. I don't know much about yeah. the trading card industry. Sure. I had Pokemon cards when I was oh, a kid. Hopefully you kept them. I don't know where they are. It's like Beanie Babies, which mean nothing now, right? Except for the uh, Princess Diana. I have that one. I know too much. There are two variations of the Princess Diana Beanie Baby. One is worth $10,000. one is worth like $50. It's all based on like the type Wait of pellet second. that was on the inside. Yeah. I have. It's the purple one, right? It's With the, purple the little one. like rose. Yeah. You have one of two versions. Okay. I, I, yeah. <laughs> so, so I need to figure out if it's worth $10,000 <laughs> or $50. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so um, I guess what I'm saying is my collectibles knowledge kind of ends there. Uh, Beanie Babies and Pokemon yeah, cards. You're at the perfect time for like 1999 Pokemon cards, which is first I edition. had Charizard. I remember that was a big one. I know that there's levels to Charizard also. Uh, first edition, Shadowless, base set, second generation. Okay. So, okay, so fill me in on the sports side. So on the sports side, you know, especially before it has become super popular during COVID, you know, there were people who put you know, $1,000 into Giannis in his rookie season where that ballooned into being worth a million dollars. Because, you know, literally, and I did this myself, I bought $1 Giannis Prism rookie cards. They're $1. Got them graded. When he was a rookie? When he was a rookie. 2000, okay. 2014. Okay. Yeah, I bought them not because I thought he was going to be this great player. I was buying a lot of players, and I thought it was funny how his last name stretched around the back of the card. Antetokounmpo. Yeah, Antetokounmpo. <laughs> yeah. And Contavious Caldwell Pope for the same reason. Um, but, you know, those cards went from being worth $1 to being worth 5000 each. Uh, that's a pretty, you know, significant yeah. increase on demand of both Giannis and on sports cards at large. They're, you know, both factors in terms of that but yeah there there were real arbitrages back in the day and even now you know or 2019 when people you know spent 50 dollars buying a luka Doncic prism rookie that's now worth a few thousand you know these yeah. are real opportunities for people who are able to pick out talent like a scout so like you're, picking stocks for the most part so you're somebody who pays attention then to draft and to to what kids are coming up yeah, you know, it's harder to now because everybody is. So I look at more ancillary things. So whether it be like game worn jerseys from a specific game that I think will have career significance or, uh, you know, tickets from those specific games. Yeah. Yeah. Which <laughs> this is like getting really deep, but it's, it's just impressive to me. I guess that you have so much going on just in obviously the the forward facing things like the the broadcast side and your buster show and hoops nation and the crew league and and these separate things but then at the same time you're spending so much of your time obviously doing a little bit of 
of research on like what's going on in this scene as well and kind of investing your money back into this, but then also investing your money into other companies and talking to these uh, 40-year-old mentors here and these lawyers here. So it's impressive that you've been able to do all of this. You know, it's funny because it's like 90% of my time on a day-to-day basis is researching and making content about collectibles and working out pretty much all I do on a day-to-day basis. And the other stuff is just like, oh, I have to sacrifice two days of not doing collectibles to do this? <laughs> yeah. All right, fine. Yeah. You know, it's more that than anything else. And, and you know, on the investment front, the great thing about that is it's incredibly passive. It's a decision in time. So like Pop-Up Bagels, the first uh, company I invested in, it's, uh, it's starting in uh, my hometown in Connecticut and they do on-demand uh, bagels. So they drop a link like it's Supreme on a Tuesday. It sells out and you go pick up your dozen bagels and like these great schmears on a Saturday. And now they're like yeah. spreading across the country and they just raised a new round, which is exciting. But, um, you know, that was a decision in time. And you know, I help them when I see things, I share things when I see things, I send it to people, you know, I've, uh, but very little time energy goes into, you know, most of those investments other than when I can help, but that's usually a text and it's not like a text takes. Well, it's you being a good decision maker and an informed decision maker. Yeah. If it works out. To put it down to the most basic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. And that, you know, comes with experience and like, I, I trust, you know, like, uh, like I mentioned Darren earlier, Darren was the one who introduced me to Papa Bagels and he invested with me. So, you know, it was like, cool. all right, if you trust certain people, then everything gets a lot easier as well. So for the future, just last thing on the trading cards, where do you see the, the future of that going into 2022 and beyond? I mean, we're doing so much even with the NFT space. I'm seeing a lot of even tickets when you go to sporting events, they're turning those into to NFTs. Yeah, I think the future of tickets are as NFTs, not the other way around, not like tickets being so it will be you need an NFT to get into Madison Square Garden to watch a Knicks game. I do mm-hmm. think it gets there because there's no reason for, you know, MSG and the companies not to incentivize that. So picture um best way I can describe it. Imagine a Drake concert. He sells his front row seats for $1,000. Those resellers sell it for Mm $5,000. If that's the case today, he doesn't get anything. But let's say he sets a 10% royalty on the NFT ticket for the front row. That person goes and resells it on the blockchain. He gets another, uh, you know, let's say it's 20%. He gets another $1,000 every single time it sells. There's no reason for him and Madison right. or whomever it is not to be taking a cut of that. So I right. think that's inevitable. Trading card space, it's going to go more non-sport, I think. Um, you know, it's already going more vintage now, more superstar focused. I think the top percent of like rookie prospecting is going to come down. Um, people who know what I'm talking about will get it. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think the space for collectibles is very, very bright. And there are tons of companies that didn't exist 10 years ago that are now worth $30 billion dollars. You know, or are raising in the billions that are you know directly involved in this. Yeah. yeah. What's the best card you own? Uh, you know, I have some high grade uh, Derek Jeter rookies, some some Giannis stuff, some really fun tickets. But my best items, period. I, I have George Washington acknowledging that he was in debt in his mid twenties. The only other examples in the Smithsonian. I have. Wait, what is it? It's a handwritten document by Washington. It's a receipt <laughs> for a bond. So. 
How do you get that? I bought it in auction. Yeah. So the context on George- This is like not my world, but it's so interesting. Yeah. So George Washington was buying land in his mid-20s before he got more involved in politics and he bought more land than he could afford. So he had to sell bonds to friends to cover his debts. And what I have is the full receipt- of a bond that he was selling a friend for 16 shillings. I don't know how that factors into inflation, but it was a lot what? of money. That's yeah, like so 16. funny. And then I have um I have the highest graded Abraham Lincoln signature in the world on a document appointing the postmaster general. Uh, I have Lincoln approving uh, m- uh, you know war movements during the Civil War. Yeah, I love that stuff. So do you have a room in your house that's like like not in my house. Keeping I couldn't keep that stuff in my house. Okay, where is it? In a vault. Yeah. But it, it has to be like a certain brightness and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. Because it's so old. Yeah, it has to be kept. I'm sorry, in the dark. I I hope I'm not sounding No, you're not at all. Stupid. So, because- no, not at all. It always pains me to see when people have like original I like movie posters and things like that too. Original ones that yeah. come outside the theater in like seventies, eighties, nineties of famous movies. Pains me when people keep them in a room with windows. Because in 10 years, they're not going to exist. Right. Yeah. So like things like that, that applies to the historical documents too. So interesting. Yeah. It's crazy. If I hold the Lincoln document that I have up to the light, the seal, you can still see the red in it from the the seal stamp. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't do that often because you don't. (laughs) (laughs) But what's crazy about that one is, so it was appointing the postmaster general. And at the time, people don't realize that now, but that was a very important job when you don't have emails and texts. It's like being yeah. the head of text messages or the head of the internet today. It's like they're the one who makes sure that the messages get to anyone, to anyone. from every yeah. important person in the world. Yeah, every you know, there was no Venmo. You know, that's yeah. how money was take gotten from place, got from place to place. So, are you going to sell them? The goal is to never sell anything and open a museum one day. Really? Yeah, okay. That's one of my goals. Yeah. <laughs> I want so I want cool. people to have access to it. And yeah. Yeah. I want to build a you know, collection of everything that I'm passionate about, dinosaur fossils, everything, and just own it all. Yeah. The Buster Museum. Yeah. It would be great. That's be so great cool. One day. But I also make content with this stuff too. And like that's, you know, become a big part of my, my brand. So. Yeah, I love that. Well, I love that on your podcast, we were going to talk about basketball and it turned into us talking about animals the whole time. And then on mine, I thought we were going to talk about basketball and social media and we talk about <laughs> Abraham Lincoln's like <laughs> stamp of approval and signature. Yeah. Well, I'm into it. The best thing is always <laughs> to talk to the people about what they're passionate about because that's how you get the best out of them. So that's why we talked about cats and Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Sounds like we were pretty good. I'm going to bring it back. To the courtside club with some buzzer beaters for you to end the game. Let's do it. Break down your ideal courtside fit. Oh, uh, comfort first. Okay. A hundred percent. So I'm going, you know, sweatpants or basketball shorts. Basically what I wear now is (laughs) what I wear all the time (laughs) to basically anything. Unless they tell me I'm not allowed in unless I wear something else. There's there's not really a, a dress code in arenas. No, you but if you're go going naked, though, they would like. No, didn't Lizzo wear something that she like kind of got ki- or was gonna get kicked out or something? You can't get Lizzo out though. No, but she's she too was- famous. True, but do you not remember what I'm talking about? I believe you. Yeah. See, I think it was something like very sheer. It was, yeah. But people were complaining. They're like, "This is a family event." She's- Who cares? I- 
kind of anyway it was in la you know i believe that though. i'm sure there have been less famous people like if if that wasn't lizzo i would probably have a problem with it right but like i know (laughs) i know who she is go for it girl (laughs) yeah exactly but if it was like a random woman or or guy i'd be like honestly the craziest outfits or lack of outfits i've seen in basketball situations are at the drew league oh i don't know if you've ever been I haven't been, but I've watched games. Yeah, yeah I watched when LeBron was in recently. Yeah, I, f- I feel like maybe like five or six years ago when I went, there were girls there in like swimsuits. It was interesting. That's funny. Um, yeah. That's funny. Anyway. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's one person, dead or alive, that you would love to sit courtside with? George Washington. Could you imagine? Him sitting courtside at a basketball game. <laughs> it would be so confusing. He would, yeah. Did they even have sports back then? Or did they have like uh, not in sort of there were there was no basketball for sure there were things right but it wasn't what we know today as you know these sports yeah uh, you know George Washington didn't know dinosaurs existed that was a really? fun fact I uncovered yeah just because they didn't have the they hadn't they, they hadn't had looked found for it. dinosaur fossils but assumed they were more recent mammals and then after he died you know they were. Uh, proclaimed these like ancient mammal beasts yeah <laughs> you're taking me down a history rabbit hole and i'm gonna sound real dumb real quick <laughs> it's no, like it's... it was like the one subject in school straight A's my whole life be in history I swear really yeah i was an f in everything so <laughs> <laughs> all right um last question what is one event in history it could be a sporting event or other that you would have loved to have been courtside for event in history yeah july 4th 1776 <laughs> <laughs> come on <laughs> what are we joking i mean you know it's one of those things we have no record of like i don't need to be at events of recent time where there's high quality video of i want to be at the stuff where there's we don't even know what these guys sounded like True. there's no voice recording there's no photos like True. and we celebrate it every year there are only what like seven holidays and that's one of them. Right. And the others are all religion. You want to see, like, what was actually going on. Like, oh, what, what were these people talking about? Were they joking? Were yeah. they, like, <laughs> like when they were at the Constitution, were they, like, these suckers? Yeah. I don't know. And then, like, 300 years later, they're people who dedicate their life to defending it. Yeah. That's so funny. Actually, I've never thought about it like that. I've had I've had answers across the board. Like, they people want to be there when we're landing on the moon. People we're wanna- on the moon? Well, sure. Here. Yeah, they. Yeah, like they want to be on the moon. They cool want to, like, you know, watch that happen. I think we'll all get that opportunity within the next forty years. Maybe, oh, if we want to. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I've had answers across the board, but I've never thought about that. Like going way back, I actually want to see what the world was like before we were here. Like how green it. Could you imagine how green it would be? It all looked like Central Park. <laughs> <laughs> I think even better. It has to be better. Probably. You know? Yeah, you would get shot, though, pretty fast with the Native Americans that were occupying no, the land. No, before people. Oh, before people. Yeah. Well, then you would get eaten. Yeah, oh, for quickly. sure. I wouldn't last eaten. very Neither long. Neither of us would. Actually, if it wasn't 1776, I'd like be around 100 million years ago, okay. but with like a defense bubble. Right. Or an army or something. Yeah, I just want to see it. Or like, you know how you float in Minecraft? Like that. Like you can just float and look. Float it. <laughs> you know in Minecraft? I know flying on creative. 
that is what I mean, basically. But you know how you can just like float and kind of look around. Yeah. Anyway, this is going down a weird rabbit hole. Uh, Buster, before I let you go, let everybody know where they can find you and what to look out for next. Find me at Buster most places and look out for whatever. I don't know. You have to look out for anything. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> look out for the museum coming soon. <laughs> I'm going to stay on the lookout for that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>